Hi, my name is Catherine Mahoney, and I'm passionate about intuition, business, and living your best life, and helping you navigate the ups and downs of the wild ride we call life. I'm an entrepreneur, intuitive advisor dedicated to guiding others to success, winning national awards in business and leadership, and featured in MSNBC, USA Today, and the Business Journal, just to name a few, speaking to audiences just like yourself. I teach successful business leaders in honing their intuition, creating certainty, and taking aligned action. I'll give you a straight talk with humor. Business, intuition, and mindset are just a few of the topics we discuss discuss here. Be ready for fun, insightful journey with me. Reveal hidden secrets, be challenged and inspired. This is the Clearly Catherine podcast. Hey friends, I just want to tell you about a sponsor I have. It's Anchor.fm. It's a podcasting hosting and it's free. It's so cool. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. In fact, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. You can make money from your podcast day one. I mean, right when you start. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one cool, easy, simple place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your first podcast. Hi, and welcome to episode five. We're going to talk about turning fear into action. Let's get started. What do you do when you feel like everything you need to do moving forward has a possibility of massive failure and a possibility of huge success? Now, I know that most of you've never felt that way. And if you say that, then you're probably not telling your truth to yourself or others. It's a weird thing that we get caught into this really wanting to do something, but then so afraid to start. And the more we wait to start, the more we become afraid of moving forward. And the less we move forward, the more afraid we are to start. And the more we keep waiting, the more things become true that say we shouldn't start. It becomes this cycle, like this spiral down, like a drill down into the ground and it speeds up and takes you into this darkness. Is it really fear of success or is it really a bunch of fears that have no basis until you give them basis? Let's talk about this a little bit more. In the realm of an intuitive sense of moving forward and making decisions, how do you believe fear could affect that? Well, fear really clouds and muddies up the mind and creates these false narratives that disconnect us like a plug yanked out of the wall for intuitive abilities to get to us and to serve as the guides that we need. We all need guides moving forward, whether it be from our intuitive sense or from those around us that have significant experience or worthwhile value to share. Now, I say this in the sense that we often make the terrible mistake of asking for advice from every person we meet or talk to, and many of them don't have the experience or knowledge or are running from their own fear factors. And so then they just pass that on to you. You're carrying two bags of heavy fear groceries that you're feeding off of. And you meet someone else who has their own bags of fear groceries. They just pass them off to you. Now you can hardly see when you walk. You have so many. Before you know it, you're going to need a wagon to pull all these with everybody you ask. So who do you ask? 
Where do you get this direction and advice? Where do you get the clarity of where you need to go? It's a good question because we have that human need to ask for everyone to say, I really like you. I really like this. I love what you're doing. It's so amazing. I get that. The problem also becomes then when you get too much of, oh, they just love you so much, or they think you're amazing, or they see you in this light as you're better than they are, or they have their own stories they're telling, they begin to tell these narratives to you. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. It's so exciting that you're doing that. You're so brave. You're this, you're that. You still aren't getting the information you need. Now you may get some energy from that to move forward. Okay. People are liking it. One. Are they the right people? Are they the people that are going to continually help you succeed? Are they the perfect customers? Are they going to be people that are of value in your destination? Not just cheerleaders on the side. Now we all need cheerleaders on the side. If we didn't, the whole area of cheerleading wouldn't exist. So we do need cheerleaders on the side, but we need also to get feedback and information that actually helps us improve. You know, everything you do isn't going to be perfect. Every ad you make isn't going to be perfect for your perfect customer. You're going to have to constantly narrow it down. You have to adjust it and edit it and fix it or change a color or whatever it is until those customers see you and hear that message. But if you're only getting feedback from people who like you, but would never buy from you, it's not really very valuable. Back to our intuition and back to who we ask. Our intuition allows us to clear our minds and to come to the information that is necessary to move us forward. And intuition will also tell you what needs to change. It's not just a cheerleader. It will give you the internal advice, again, from that universal connection of all things in time and information available and filter it through to give you the message that you need of all that information. It's better than a quantum computer. This can be very powerful. And in fact, I advise many of my clients and I often practice this myself. I only give very little information about what I'm doing. I don't give a lot to everyone. Some I don't tell at all what I'm really up to. I just use very vague things. I just say I'd help people find their way. I don't say a lot of the time when I'm creating or building something, or even if I know they're not my perfect customer at that moment, because I want to make sure that I am clear in the messages that I'm getting. And if I know the conversation or the information is going out, to people. And I tell this to my clients all the time, be careful of who you're asking information from. Are they someone that's just supporting you because they like you? Or are they just someone that's going to cheer you on and say everything looks amazing? You need clear information. So there are times when you may not want to ask everyone, ask for how to do things, but not what it should look like. Sometimes you just need the direction of what step is next, not necessarily what your words are, what your process is, what you're selling. That will come from inside you. That will come from inside your intuition. 
You can get clarification from others, but be very clear of whether or not that information is of value. Be picky about the information you ask, who you ask it from. And when it comes back to you, filter it through and allow that intuitive sense to be able to say, nope, not useful. Yes, that was useful. That's something to take a value. Make a note of that. You know, I always find that if I become very clear on my own of who I'm looking for, and I do ask for opinions, I'm very purposeful of it. So for example, I will send out something that I know there are mistakes in it. I know exactly what mistakes there are. I know exactly what the mistakes are doing. And I know exactly why I left them there and what the purpose is. So now I'm asking for feedback. One, I want to make sure people are giving me truthful feedback. They aren't just cheering me on. So if they don't recognize or don't say, like, for example, on the podcast, the music's too loud, there's this, there's that, you talk too fast, you pause too often, and they don't point out the things that I know are already an issue, then I know that they're not going to give me real information. If I know someone points that out, then I go, okay, they're actually listening. And then they give me other information that I'm going to look at that more carefully. But I also look at the fact, is this person my perfect customer? If they aren't and they say, this didn't speak to me, you should have said it this way, should have it that way. But my perfect customer notices the things and says, this was a great message. It was really helpful to me. Then what do I know? I know two things. I actually know three things, don't I? I know who actually will give me real feedback. And I know if my message is getting to the person that I want to sell to and is not attracting the people that wouldn't be my customer. I find this extremely helpful and I do this on purpose and I help my clients understand how to do this on purpose as well. Because you want to really be able to understand why you're asking for advice. Do you need a cheerleader? Figure out who your cheerleader is that actually cheers you on, but pushes you forward, just doesn't go, oh my God, everything you do is amazing. And oh, gumdrops fall from the sky. And I see unicorns every time you speak or say something. You don't want that because that's not helpful. Okay, great. So what do I do with that? You don't have a way to market to that. You want someone to be able to be honest with you. Again, I teach my clients to do a little trick, leave mistakes in it know what they are, allow them to give you that, then you know, okay, this person actually values me and is taking the time to look and listen and point out things I know are true and then see what their feedback is. Evaluate again in advance. Is this person someone that would be my perfect customer or is this someone not my perfect customer, but now has already identified all of the things that aren't perfect in what I sent them? But now is said, but the message doesn't fit them. There's something not quite right with it. Okay, this wasn't my perfect customer. So I'm doing something right because my perfect customer also noticed all the mistakes that I wanted them to see, but told me the message or the other information that actually the content of it was valuable. So I know I just fixed those little things. I'm getting real feedback. I know it's mean we're testing them, but I find it gives them permission to be honest with you if you have some blatantly obvious things a blatantly obvious font let's say your font is suddenly off 
You use a weird font and the rest of the font is good. Or you misspell some really simple words, even your own name. Or a link doesn't go somewhere and you know that on purpose. Really simple, obvious things that they feel comfortable noting and say, you probably know this, but the link isn't connecting. Okay, someone who actually paid attention, they looked, they're noticing. So it's not really a setup. Think of it as giving them permission to give you real feedback and knowing that they really listened to it or saw it and looked at it and read it. You're giving that permission. So now how else do we get around this fear using our intuition? Fear is an interesting thing. We allow fear to control our decisions in a very irrational way because when we really need fear, I find people don't react on it. I'm going to give you an example of when I see fear can be very motivational and give you a clear head. You won't hear this often, but I'm going to tell you. So for example, about 10 years ago, I woke up one morning with a banging on my front door. As I went to the door in my pajamas, knowing that something was wrong. Now there had been some issues with flooding in the city I lived in, but not as of yet where I was. So I was on alert and aware that something could happen. I actually assumed it was the police or something. So I go down and it's a nice neighbor of mine with this lovely smile and great dimples. And he says, hey, we're moving some of our cars off the street so we can be able to go to work later. Well, I work from home. I have forever. So so I don't really need that. I just went shopping. What's really going on? And I look out a little bit better and everybody's in the street drinking coffee. And I said, give me a moment. So I ran in the house. I got dressed. My roommate, I yelled at her and said, hey, get dressed, get the animals in the cages, put the dog on the collar, you know, get some things organized. Something's happening. I just want to make sure everyone's organized. So then I go outside and I look around and they're just meandering around, really. So I go across the street to a family that I know is quite organized and has gone through some traumatic transitions in uh, emergencies. I grabbed one of them and said, okay, what is happening? So they said, we have been watching the water all night and putting a stick out and the water comes up and it is getting to a level that we all need to get out of the house. So you need to turn the power off on your house because it could catch fire and you probably need to get out if you can get out somewhere. Well, the roads were blocked pretty much to get out of my neighborhood at this time, but I could get up on a hill. I went around my house, grabbed important things. To me, that is not a photo album. Y'all make your own decisions. But for me, that was my important documents, my passwords, my external hard drive, my computer, my work is there, my jewelry, my passport, my identifications, money, medications, pet food, my animals. I took overnight bag with some clothes in it. And I took chocolate covered pretzels because you should always take that with you on an emergency. <laughs> I tried to get my neighbors to pay attention to what was happening and no one would. They all just milled around, which I thought was very interesting. We tried to get one neighbor to leave. He had all these young grandchildren at the house and just a one story house with an attic. Nope, wasn't going to go. And so I finally said, we're done. We're leaving. 
So I actually had the neighbors help me load my animals and everything into my cars. I helped them take any nice pieces of furniture or family heirlooms up to the second floor of my house and put them on the tallest thing on the second floor. Now I'm going to be honest, at this point, I didn't think it would come in the house. I thought it would at the worst, would maybe be about mid shin level, but no higher. I tried to get them to recognize sleep and no one did except for the other family I talked to. Help me turn the power off. And so we drove up, we went up the hill. It floods almost to the second story of my home. Most is lost, but finally we can get out a few days later. I see all these neighbors again. They didn't leave. They stayed. In fact, one of the neighbors who helped me move things to the second floor only put them on his kitchen counter. They had children, they were elderly, they didn't leave, they froze. And this is an interesting trick that fear can put on you. For me, my mindset is, I work with my clients on this, is better safe than sorry. My neighbors laugh, I took yogurt, I stayed the night in a hotel, I come home, they're like, ha, see, it never flooded, you raced out of the house. Or... I get out with everything fine, save for the cars, save a lot of my stuff, we're safe, and they're stuck in a flooded home with nightmares and lose everything important and dear to them. I figured getting out, staying the night somewhere, maybe if I could get out to a hotel one night, watch movies, eat junk food, was worth it. So how are you allowing fear to control your behavior? I want fear to be an action for you. I want you to turn action into movement forward. Bust through fear. Look at it straight in the face and say, listen, I'm going to be better safe than sorry. Is this fear real? And if I do move forward on these things I have this fear against, what is the worst thing could happen? Is the worst thing that could happen is I come home and my neighbors laugh because I stayed the night and made a fool of myself in their eyes? Or is the worst thing could happen is that everyone who stayed behind didn't move forward and I did? I want you to think about this because we have an irrational state of fear and you don't want to be the one standing there drinking coffee in the middle of the street when water is rushing up so fast you can barely get in the house and get everybody scrambled upstairs that you have nothing available to you. You're up in the attic. You have no water, no bathroom, no food. You just pray that someone sees you hanging out the window at some point when the boats come through the neighborhood to the second floor and can pull you out. Or are you going to be that person that's on the hill saying, thank goodness I got out. I'm able to move forward. I have a car. I can drive. I have all these things. I can build off of this. I want you to think of your fear in simple circumstances in the same way. Truly, what is the worst thing that happened? Truly, truly. Will you die from doing this? Will you lose absolutely everything you have from doing this? Is that worth it or not? Is that a risk that could pay off? Are you hurting others? This is what I want you to think about. And 99% of the time, it's none of those things. It's just to fear a failure. If I invest in this, this will happen. I spend all this time and then no one will like it. And it's very simple. So look at it in an action sense. If I succeed at this, what are all the great things that can happen? 
is my fear a story I tell to keep myself from doing this? Is fear a story that doesn't support taking apart the success I can have? Do I need to put more effort in than everyone else around me or from this story of fear that's created to get to where I want? Probably you will. But is it worth it? Is it worth it? A lot of people take big risks and they don't look at it in the full sense of where it will take them. So they take this big risk hoping it will be the simple solution. They invest all this money in something or they invest all this time in something or they invest in hiring someone to do something for them, hoping that it will be this simplified, easy step forward. There's still a lot involved and you are still the one who has to take action. So what I want you to do is look at fear and what really great can happen and what do I need to do to make that happen? For me in the flood, for me to make that happen was I had to be clear-headed and I couldn't get caught in the mob. I had to decide what was right for me and those in my home. I had to make sure that I could run a business. I needed all that available. I had to prepare my documents and get everything ready. I had to make sure I knew what I was moving towards was not getting wet. It wasn't specific like I've talked about before. Sometimes it's not specific. The goal was not to be stuck at home when it was flooding and lose everything and panic. I wanted to be safe, dry, secure, and have what I needed to continue moving forward and not miss too many beats. I want you to look at fear in the eye and say, are you real? And what do I need to make sure to do to move forward and not let you get the better of me, but to give me action items to do. The fear may be, I don't want to get wet. I want to be safe. I want to keep moving forward and have everything I need at my fingertips to continue to move forward. Treat fear as a list maker, as an action item maker. Don't give fear the power to shut you down. Give fear the power to energize you forward. Because when you're energized forward... There's nothing that can stop you. You can accomplish anything. You don't need other people to tell you how to do it or what to do. You can ask for advice and get their input, but you will connect in a way with your intuitive side with a clear head that no advice can give you and will also help you to determine whose advice you should take, who you should ask and who you shouldn't. It will give you a clarity that will allow you to see your way forward like a clear, blue, sunny day. The sky looks like it never ends. That is the clarity I want. So what are we going to do? Fear is going to give you the list of things you need to do to move forward. It's going to energize you forward. And you're only going to get information from people that can give you real feedback for where you need to go. I hope this was a great episode for you. I enjoyed talking about it with you and I look forward to the next episode. See you next time. If you'd like to learn more about topics upcoming or make suggestions, please go to my Facebook group at Clearly Catherine Podcast.